What are the earliest signs of scoliosis, and does early intervention produce better results? You are listening to ReachMD XM157, the channel for medical professionals. Welcome to a special series on children's health. I am your host, Dr. Mark Nolan Hill, professor of surgery at the Chicago Medical School, and with me today is Dr. Randall Betts, professor of orthopedic surgery at Temple University School of Medicine and chief of staff and medical director of the spinal cord injury unit at Shriners Hospitals for Children in Philadelphia. Welcome, Dr. Betts. Thanks for the opportunity. Today we are discussing scoliosis, early identification and intervention. Dr. Betts, what exactly is scoliosis and what are the earliest signs of it? Scoliosis is a lateral curvature of the spine, generally seen on an x-ray. However, what it really is is a rotation and curvature of the spine. So clinically, what a doctor will see is rotation of the trunk, meaning when you bend the child forward, you generally see one side of the thorax or the flank be elevated in reference to the other side. It actually can form an angle which can be measured. Are they born this way, or does this develop over time? The majority that we see are called adolescent, which develops somewhere around age 8 or 9, but children develop it as early as 6 months. So it should be a routine portion of every routine pediatric child's exam to bend the child forward and look for asymmetry of the trunk. Well, what causes this? We know it's genetic. Now, it's not auto-recessive or auto-dominant. We do know it's carried in a gene pool. 2% of the population has a curve greater than 10 degrees. But fortunately, while 2% have it, only a small portion progress to needing treatment, meaning if 20 patients out of 1,000 have a scoliosis, then probably only five will get to a large enough degree that need treatment. Explain to me, how do you actually make those measurements of, let's say, 10 degrees? I mean, how do you examine a patient and quantify how much scoliosis they have? When I mention 10 degrees, that's based on an x-ray. So you get a posterior to anterior x-ray, and then it's a geometric angle that's measuring the top of the vertebrae to the bottom of the vertebrae and then the cross angle. It's called a cob angle, C-O-B-B. Greater than 10 degrees, it's considered more than just posture and probably structural. Well, how do you determine between posture and structural? The most common curvature we see is secondary to a leg length discrepancy. And so if you see a small curve, if you put a lift under the shoe, such as a quarter inch or then, and the curve goes away, then we consider that postural. If a child has just a very mild scoliosis, should they get referred to someone like yourself? I recommend that if the curvature is over 20 degrees, they absolutely should be referred. And if they're very young and it's not postural, meaning you know the leg length discrepancy has been accounted for, and they're, say, 8 years old with a 15-degree curve, then then they should be referred also. So what are the concerns of scoliosis? I mean, how does this affect a child? So for the adolescent, till the curve gets up in the 80 or 90-degree range, it really is only a cosmetic entity. However, it can be very disfiguring and very psychosocially disturbing to the child and the family. But it has to get to 80 degrees or above before it begins to affect the heart and lungs and life longevity. Hopefully they get referred, 
to an expert in scoliosis before that happens. Having said that, a young child, which is much more rare, but a one-year-old that starts off with a 40-degree curve is going to be very progressive, and they can get into lung problems very quickly because the lung develops mostly up till age two and then up till age eight. So we're much more concerned with the larger curves in those younger children. And if they have the structural type of scoliosis, when they are born, can they have a perfectly normal spine or do they have subtle changes then? All the cases that we've been talking about so far have a straight spine at birth. If they do have a curve at birth, generally it's congenital, meaning that there's a mouse-shaped vertebrae, like a wedged vertebrae or a half vertebrae, or sometimes the vertebrae did not go under segmentation and they're fused together. And that's a very different entity than the majority that we see, which are called idiopathic. If you have just joined us, you are listening to a special series on children's health on ReachMD XM157, the channel for medical professionals. I'm your host, Dr. Mark Nolan Hill, professor of surgery at the Chicago Medical School, and we are speaking with Dr. Randall Betts, professor of orthopedic surgery at Temple University School of Medicine and chief of staff and the medical director of the Spinal Cord Injury Unit at Shriners Hospitals for Children in Philadelphia. Today we are discussing scoliosis, early identification, and intervention. Dr. Betts, what happens if scoliosis goes untreated? If it's never treated, nothing may happen in that not all curves progress. I mentioned earlier, if 2% of the population has it, so 20 out of 1,000, 5 may go on to need treatment, and one of those 20 will go on to a severe curve that may cause problems with heart and lung in the sense of severe ones, right-sided heart failure, core pulmonale, and shorten their life expectancy. And this can develop in their adolescence? Yes, usually starts at age nine. Some very astute pediatricians can usually pick it up at that age with a very small asymmetry of the trunk. Some of them don't show up till later, age 10 or 11, when it's more severe. Does scoliosis in any way impact initiation or progression of arthritis? At least till the patients are in their 40s or 50s, they tolerate a curved spine and doesn't cause much back pain. A rare case can cause some aching pain, but severe back pain really doesn't start till you get into midlife. Do these children and adolescents who have scoliosis, do they usually have other medical problems as well? Idiopathic scoliosis is an isolated entity and usually do not have any other anomalies. However, congenital scoliosis, when they're born with it, with a hemivertebrae, have a high incidence of urologic or cardiac anomalies. And that's because whatever the insult that causes the congenital anomaly, which is usually thought to be environmental, affects the spine, kidneys, and heart that are developing at the same time. These children who have scoliosis, do they recognize that they have scoliosis? Usually not until the curve gets to be about 25 or 30 degrees, mainly because the bump or the rotation of the trunk is on their back and they don't see it. So generally, it's the pediatrician or the school nurse that picks it up uh, during a routine exam. Or unfortunately, sometimes the later cases, the parents pick up in the summer when the child's in a bathing suit. And what about the psychological factors that impact a child who has this? Interesting. Most of the children, if they go unrecognized and untreated, don't even know that they have it. However, once they're told they, they have it, 
and especially if they have to undergo treatment with a brace, it can have some significant psychosocial issues with them. You're hitting them with wearing a brace or letting them know that they have a physical deformity at a, at a very vulnerable time of their life when they're going through adolescence. If you catch the scoliosis relatively early on, does that make it easier to prevent further scoliosis or even reverse the scoliosis? Yes. So if we are referred to child with scoliosis, and it's in a what we call a treatable range, meaning 20 to 40 degrees, we can sometimes control those curves with a brace or a procedure called vertebral body stapling, which is taking a commercially prepared staple that's designed so that it can grip on the spine, and it just controls the growth of the spine. It's put on the outside of the curvature across the disc base and the growth plates. So with one of those two modalities, either the brace, which is worn external, or this stapling, which should be thought of as an internal brace, we have the opportunity to arrest the progression of the curve and in some circumstances with the stapling, correct the curve. When you intervene with scoliosis, does it affect the growth of the child in any way? Growth is usually not affected unless the curve is progressing. If you intervene and control the progression of the curve, if the curve degrees do not get any worse, then the growth is not affected. However, if the spine continues to curve, then their overall height will be shortened. Now, does it make a difference if you intervene early versus later? Absolutely. You'd like to intervene before the curve is 40 degrees. Then you've got a chance to try and treat it with a brace or stapling. And of those, if you can get the curve even smaller, so that the ones that are between 20 to 30 degrees have better results with the treatment than those between 30 and 40. Once the curve gets over 40, the results of treating it with a brace or stapling are not as good. Well, if someone has, let's say, a 5 or 10 degree scoliosis, why don't you treat it then in the anticipation that it might be getting worse? If we see a 10 or a 15 degree curve, the odds are that it's not going to progress to 20 degrees. So like a 10 degree curve has a 75% chance that it will not get worse. So we wait till generally wait till they get to 20 degrees. Now, there's rare circumstances where you can already see a curve at 15 degrees. Maybe the mother had a curvature that was severe. Then we may intervene earlier at 15 degrees or so because of that history. When we talk about kyphoscoliosis, what's the difference between kyphoscoliosis and scoliosis? Kyphosis is a abnormal forward bending of the spine when you look at the patient from the side. When the spine is truly kyphotic and scoliotic, then there's usually some abnormality in the spinal cord causing it, such as a spinal cord syrinx, rarely a tumor or an Arnold Chiari malformation, which is a pinching of the midbrain at the foramen magnum and at C1. So it brings up a good point. Generally, if a child has a scoliosis over 20 degrees and they're under 11 years of age, a screening MRI of the entire spinal column is recommended. And so this screening MRI, to be very exact the way it should be ordered, is you just get sagittal views only and T1 image and just tell the radiologist to then do axials and other cuts if they see an abnormality. It's a short 
cut for an MRI so they don't have to sit in the MRI scanner for three hours. They can do it very quickly in about a half hour. And how frequently do you see positive findings? If they're under 11 years of age, you see positive findings about 28% of the time. And of those, when you find an abnormality, maybe a third of them will need some form of surgical intervention. Does mild scoliosis ever reverse itself spontaneously? Very rarely. I call mild up till 30 degrees. So if it's between 20 and 30 degrees, it usually does not correct itself. I want to thank Dr. Randall Betts, who has been our guest. We have been discussing scoliosis, early identification and intervention. I'm Dr. Mark Nolan Hill, and you have been listening to a special series on children's health on ReachMD XM157, the channel for medical professionals. For comments and questions, please send your email to xm at reachmd.com. Thank you for listening.